Hoffaday, and thank you for listening to the Live Till 5 podcast from KHMG on Guam. On this particular program, we had a bit of a technical problem with the recording on the first 15 minutes of the show. So you'll be missing about that first 15 minutes, and we'll be starting with the first feature, The Buck Stops Here. Thanks so much for listening to the Live Till 5 podcast. Go to our website and let us know by hitting the contact button uh, what you think about this podcast, khmg.org, khmg.org, and click contact. Again, thanks for listening. And here's your host, Pastor Jared Baldwin, with the Live Till 5 podcast. The buck stops here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful person. This is taken from the book by Horace Martin Woodhouse. Of the same name, the buck stops here. These are little plaques that different leaders have had in their offices to inspire them and remind them of their values. Now, not that I agree with each one of these leaders or even the plaques on their desk. I just think it's very interesting. Some are a lot more sublime than others. Some of them are funny. Some of them are abrupt. And some of them are very simple, like this one by J.C. Watts who I had the privilege of meeting one time. American conservative Republican politician, CNN political contributor, former representative from Oklahoma in the U.S. Congress, and former quarterback for the University of Oklahoma. Watts captured national attention in 1996 with a speech before the Republican National Convention where he said, You see, character does count. For too long we have gotten in, gotten by in a society that says the only thing Right is to get by, and the only thing wrong is to get caught. Character is doing what's right when nobody is looking. Chairman of the J.C. Watts Companies, he worked with clients on strategies for business development, communications, and public affairs, currently attempting to develop a television news channel that emphasizes news provisions from the African-American perspective. And on J.C. Watts' desk, he has one word on his little sign. It says, pray, pray. And that's the buck stops here. Yeah, I got to meet J.C. Watts. He came and spoke at our church. And uh, I believe he when he was sitting on the platform, and I was a seminary student. And during the handshake time, I noticed that he was sitting all alone on the platform. So I literally just clambered up the stairs and went right up and stuck out my hand and said, Mr. Watts, sir, I'm Jared Baldwin. I'd love to meet you. And that's pretty much how it went, almost verbatim. Uh, I was very nervous meeting a U.S. congressman, but he was a nice guy and great spokesperson at that time. And uh, anyway, one little word on his desk, pray. Great reminder. Great reminder for all of us, whether you're congressman or school teacher or school parent driving in car line right now. We have a steady stream of cars flooding away from the campus right now because it's the end of the first week of school. And parents that are listening to 88.1 FM right now, we are glad you're with us. Thanks for your patience going through car line. I know it can be a real headache sometimes having to wait. Here on Guam, we're a little bit spoiled. We don't really have hardly any traffic at all. But uh, car line is the exception, the unusual exception to that rule. And yesterday, or the first day of school, Wednesday, I was coming from the Agania area, 
and I noticed there must have been an accident past where the mobile McDonald's was or something because the traffic was backed up all the way to Cars Plus to come to the campus. And it wasn't just coming to the campus. It was also going north on Route 8 as well. So it uh, wasn't just turning at the mobile McDonald's, but it did take me almost 30 minutes to get back to campus from the Cars Plus area. So I feel your pain I'm still at work. You're in the car. You'll be home before me, hopefully. So, and uh, kids, if you're listening right now, I hope you had a great week. These first couple of days of school are also a little bit, always a little bit stressful trying to figure out things, but also supposed to be fun getting to know some of your new classmates, getting reacquainted with the old classmates. I do want to put in a little plug for the hub because did you know that if you're in a big rush to get to school, you can always swing by the hub in the morning and grab a coffee or a smoothie or some type of drink, and you can get a bottled water to take with you throughout the day in there, and you can get hot malasadas. And we have struck a deal with Daddy's Donuts where we have a special, malasadas and donuts. You can get a combo, a coffee and a malasada for $3. That's a very good deal. And uh, it's, it's just the nice little treat. I, I don't know if you should be doing that every day unless you're running marathons or something like that, but... It is a nice little treat. I happened to have a few hot malasadas this morning, and it did brighten up my morning. So I did enjoy that. Uh, And also, I just confessed that on the radio. So there you go. It's a good week. And I just, uh, yeah, I just enjoy being here this week. It's it's been fun. We have a lot of new staff members here at Harvest Ministries for the school year. Some new teachers, some new operational staff. Almost every department, you'll see a new face in there. Uh, enjoying and participating in this new school year experience, which I think is just great. And we love having each one of them on the team. We have people that have joined the team from all around America and really all around the world. And uh, we're glad that they're with us for this school year, the school year 2017. Now, we're going to be getting into some of our regular segments here very soon. What's in my coffee, This Day in History, a quiz with Sebastian But before we do, here are a few idioms. And for those of you maybe just tuned in, this is Live Till 5. It's a live local talk of variety program we have here on 88.1 FM every Friday afternoon. Just make it your tradition to turn on the radio to 88.1 FM every day when you're driving home from school or running errands or maybe on your way to pick up your kids. Just turn on 88.1 FM every day Because in the afternoons, we have a lot of vital information about the school, what's going on at Harvest, things like that, interviews with some of the students of the week. And then on Fridays, we have this two-hour program where we do a lot of fun, kind of lighthearted things. We have some fun little segments, including this one, Idioms, from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book. This is provided to me by one of our faithful listeners, PC, who also likes idioms as well as Beach Glass, we found out this summer. Have you ever heard the phrase, throw in the towel, throw in the towel, the origin, always towels or sponges near boxing rings to wipe up the sweaty boxers between rounds, to wipe the, wipe the sweat off of the boxers, not necessarily wipe them up. But anyway, in Britain, in the mid 1800s, the manager or friend of a boxer who is badly beaten would often throw in the towel or sponge into the middle of the ring as a sign of surrender. It means that the fight was over. So to throw in the towel means to give up or admit that you're defeated, to quit. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Some people that grew up not speaking English as their first language, 
Maybe they've heard this phrase and they have no idea where it came from. Well, the expression might have come from an old German proverb. By the turn of the 20th century, writers were using it in English. Imagine a parent who finishes bathing a baby in a tub and then throws the bathwater out with the baby still inside. That's like throwing away the most important part, the baby, at the same time you're getting rid of whatever is not needed, the bathwater. It means to lose or throw something valuable or useful away, getting rid of something uh, that is valuable with something that is useless, to throw the baby out with the bathwater. How about this one? Throw the book at someone. The idiom, the book, is talking about a law book filled with all the penalties that a judge can impose on a wrongdoer. Imagine a judge figuratively throwing that whole heavy law book at an offender of the law, hitting him or her with the worst possible punishments. So the meaning, to punish severely for breaking rules or the law, to give the maximum penalty means to, is the meaning of to throw the book at someone. Throw your hat into the ring. Men used to challenge each other to prize fights in the United States in the early 19th century by taking off their hats and throwing them into the ring on the ground. That custom became the basis for this idiom. People who state that they are running for an elected office often are throwing their hats into the ring as well. So to throw your hat in the ring means to announce one's candidacy for election or office or to issue a challenge. There's a lot of throwing in these idioms today. Throw your weight around. Popular saying in the early 1900s reminds us of a big, heavy, or tall person and how intimidating they can be, especially if you're lightweight and short. Wrestlers, football players, gangsters, and movies are often heavyweights. So the saying came to mean to be bossy or tough, to use one's power in a mean, threatening way. That is to throw your weight around. Tickle the ivories. Have you ever tickled the ivories before? Yeah, the expression comes from back when the days when ivories meant piano keys because they were made of uh, ivory. The ivory can crack or discolor over time, and natural ivory comes from animal tusks, so now piano keys are made with synthetic materials. Some piano players bang on the keys and sound horrible, but really talented pianists know how to quote-unquote tickle the ivories by touching the keys sensitively, almost as if they were caressing them affectionately. That makes beautiful music to your ears. To play the piano skillfully is to tickle the ivories. Three more. Two of them have to do with tickling. Tickle your funny bone. You ever hear this one before? There's a bone in your upper arm, the back of your elbow, that has the Latin name humorous. Get it? It's humorous. Yeah, it sounds like humorous. uh, And people have been calling it the funny bone for many years. If you accidentally bump it, the sensitive nerve in your elbow tingles as if electricity were running through it. Uh, If you laugh at a joke, then according to this expression, uh, it is tickling your funny bone. To make you laugh, to amuse someone, is to tickle your funny bone. Tickled pink, the last of the tickling ones, I promise. Uh, If you tickle someone, his or her face often turns pink. So if someone is tickling you uh, by doing or saying something that you're giggling and your skin gets reddish, then you're probably having a good time being tickled pink. To be very amused or pleased. And finally... Tied to someone's apron strings, usually tied to your mother's apron strings. Years ago, many women stayed at home uh, to work and care for the children in the house. To keep their clothes clean, they wore aprons tied in back with strings. If a grown man was controlled by his mother, it was often said that he was, quote-unquote, tied to his mother's apron strings. Later, if he was under a strong influence of his wife, he was tied to her apron strings. means to be dependent on someone, such as one's mother, to not be able to do anything without asking your mother. That is what it means to be tied to someone's apron strings. Yes, it happens. 
And you don't want to be that if you're a guy listening right now. So stick around. A little more live till five. We're going to take another short break. When we come back, this day in history, what's in my coffee, and a little quiz about our topic of the day. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 227, Friday, August 18th, 3.31 p.m. here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio in Barragata, Guam. More live till five after this short break. more live till 5 on this Friday, August 18th, 3.36 p.m. here in the studios of KHMG. I say studios, it's really a studio where we do multiple things. So a multi-purpose studio here at KHMG, the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. And you know, even though I say worldwide headquarters a little tongue-in-cheek because we don't have multiple offices, we do broadcast all around the world in a couple different ways. We broadcast locally over the FM airwaves, so to speak, on 88.1 FM, KHMG, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last 21 and a half years. Then we broadcast online through our website and the live stream there on khmg.org and then through many different apps that you can download and listen to FM streaming through. And so we are available in a lot of different ways online, and that's all around the world. Then we have a unique partnership also with Transworld Radio, where we're broadcasting Heart of Harvest Asia edition into Asian nations, including North Korea, and also India and China, Mongolia, uh, Philippines, places like that. But we're able to broadcast with Transworld Radio via shortwave radio into some of these other countries that are a little harder to get to or get into, particularly if you think about North Korea, getting the gospel in there. It's English-based programming, so uh, the audience that is trying to listen and learn English, it appeals to them particularly. It's meant to be an encouragement to those that are believers, sometimes underground believers in these limited access nations. Remember last week we talked about at the end of the show how North Korea is the single Worst country on the planet to be a Christian in. They are the highest persecuted Christian nation. There is ultimate allegiance to the Kim cult there in North Korea. And so for Christians, to be a Christian in North Korea can be a death sentence. And it they have made the World Watch list through Open Doors Ministry again as the number one most dangerous place for a Christian to be alive. And so we're broadcasting through Transworld Radio up into North Korea and trying to be a blessing to them and also get the gospel out, of course, through our programming. And we, we're very grateful for that partnership with Transworld Radio. Now, for those of you that just had some of your kids, or maybe you are a child listening to the radio station right now, congratulations on your first few days of school. 
whether you're at Harvest Christian Academy or another school, or maybe you're some of our homeschool listeners. Starting a new school year is a big deal, and I want to encourage you to stick with it, work hard, do your very best. You know, the Bible says that whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, and you can do this school year to God's glory as well by working hard and getting your assignments done and being faithful in those little areas that that really just make a big difference and uh, make you a better student. It's not just about the education or getting A's so you can brag or so you can get rewarded, although those are all, you know, getting rewarded for, for hard work is a good life lesson, but you really want to bring glory to God, and uh, you can do that by working hard and doing it for God's glory, not just your own. And so, and it definitely doesn't bring glory to God for you to not do your best, so of course you want to do your best. I remember those first days of school for myself and then eventually for my own children. It's a little nerve-wracking because you're seeing some people for the first time since school let out. And especially when you hit that upper elementary, middle school, high school, you're, you're, you're much more aware of how much people change in such a short period of time. So you might have left in May and your best friend was shorter than you and you come back in August and your best friend is two inches taller than you, or they have a beard, or they have uh, a much deeper voice, or maybe you do, and you're much more aware of those those changes. And then also just all the things that people did in the summertime and as you're talking, sometimes a little intimidating because maybe someone got to do something and you didn't get to do as much. But uh, don't worry about those things. Make lots of friends. Every time you go to school also... Uh, unless you're homeschool, you're going to run into other students that you didn't know before, new students that have transferred in. And so you want to make sure you make them feel welcome and show some hospitality to those folks. And for homeschoolers, you know, be nice to your homeschool principal slash mom. Um, you know, she's working hard to educate you. Your dad's working hard to educate you and give you a great, great experience and teach you. And so hopefully, hopefully you enjoy this year as well. I don't know for you what your favorite part, maybe you didn't have a favorite part, but what, what is your favorite part of the new school year? What's your one thing you're like, oh, I just remember that, or I really always look forward to that? Like, how about the smell of new school supplies? You ever uh, think about the smell of new school supplies, paper, brand new books, you know, when they're first getting opened up and the pages are still all kind of stuck together. Uh, maybe the smell of a new backpack, pencil erasers. Uh, maybe maybe for some of you older students, opening up that new Texas Instruments scientific calculator and uh, uh, being able to play with all the buttons and learning that you can play games on some of those. Uh, maybe it's, it's uh, getting out some of the new tools in education that you didn't have when you were younger, but now you can use like protractors and compasses and and triangles, things that you use for geometry. Oh, so much fun. Maybe it's uh, getting into PE. You're just starting to get to do PE. Some kids hate PE. Some kids love PE, physical education. They get out and play games and can't believe that that's actually school, but yes, it's part of your education. And, uh, uh, you get to wear the shorts and you get to wear the t-shirt and you get to bring your athletic gear 
It's a lot of fun. Some of you, maybe you're going out for sports for the first time this year. You want to you wanna go out and you're trying out for, for a sport and you've never done that before. Well, that's great. We're very, very excited here at Harvest to have all the different kids participating in all the different sports and activities. Maybe you're not a sports person. Maybe you're a drama person. You're going to try out for the play, maybe for the first time, or this year you're going to try out for something new, like you want a speaking part, not just being on the crew, or maybe you want to be on the crew instead of being in a speaking role. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe you're in choir or orchestra, and uh, you're going to get to use some of your musical gifts, some of your talents this year in that way. I'm glad that uh, you get to do that as well. And, of course, there's all the field trips and the fun things you get to do, class parties. If you're in the middle elementary grades, they do water balloon fights and all that kind of crazy stuff. We have dress-up days and spirit week, spirit days. We have all different types of things. And I, I really hope that you just have a great school year and that you just make the most of it and don't waste it. It's really a gift to be able to have uh, so many opportunities and privileges. You know, we live in a country with the freedom to be able to even choose where you're educated. Public school, private school, homeschool, and uh, that's really a privilege. Not every country enjoys those same freedoms. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we have Lawrence Nagengast, Sebastian, Chris, myself. We're going to play a little What's in My Coffee and uh, talk a little bit about this day in history. So this is Jared Baldwin, your host, 3.44 p.m. Friday, August 18th, here at the KHMG Studios. You're listening to Live Till 5. If you ever miss part of the show, tune in noon to 2 on Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety for your listening pleasure. You can also download the podcast, khmg.org, not just of this show, but many other great shows we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. Going to take a very short break when we come back. More live till five after this. back with a little more live till five it is friday august 18th 3 47 p.m if you're just joining us this is live till five here on khmg 88.1 fm harvest family radio i'm glad to have you with us every friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m live broadcasting here locally on khmg it's a lot of fun we have a good time here in the studio with lawrence sebastian chris and myself and, of course, you, the listening audience, are participating by listening. Let us know that you're participating by going to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and give us a little like, a thumbs up, and then you can follow all the different activity. Chris and Ray's Romo, our webmaster, keeps a lot of good information out there on our social media and our website as well. We want you to know what's going on here. We want you to stay informed and involved. We try and put out really good stuff there. Links to different shows like this and 
take note and and we try to have uh, building great leaders, living redemptively, all different kinds of shows. Plus, we have links to different songs that maybe we're rolling out on our radio station, little videos that come out with some of those songs. So that's a fun thing. Uh, different thoughts that uh, Chris has written up about different topics. Like last week, we we're going through a lot of stressful times for a lot of people with the whole North Korea scare and everything. And so we try and encourage people through that. So if you follow us on social media, you'll get informed anytime we upload something to our site, which is usually more than once a day. We'll put something out there, right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's constantly new information. I do remember when we first set up the Facebook page for Harvest Family Radio, we had like, I think we started off with like four followers. Yeah. We were pretty thrilled when it went up to 12 um, it was, it had to be over a year before we had 100 people, Yeah, maybe two years before we had a hundred people following the radio station. And, you know, there wasn't much to follow. We weren't really putting much out there, but now it's kind of the opposite. We have a lot of people following and we have a lot of information going out through social media. There's about, we've been hovering around 950 for quite a while, actually. And, you know, it's. Uh, it keeps telling me, it, it shows me a little thing that says, you're almost at 1,000. It's sort of been mocking us for like a year. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you're almost at 1,000. I'm like, well, I don't know what I do to get the other 50. Like a thousand sensational, likes. You know? Sensational a thousand headlines. Likes. Oh, yeah, I'll make, I'll make 100 or is it 10? 10 more that need it for 1,000? Uh, oh, from no, 950. Oh, 950. 50. Yeah, it's 51. 50, put a story at the top. 50 different accounts. And there like you go. It. Oh, great. Sure. Oh, that'll, that'll be yeah. helpful. Each one called Totally Not Harvest Family Radio. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fake. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, I think there's some Nigerian princes that have the mm. same social media uh, uh, philosophy. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, now we've got the guys here. We all have been uh, gifted in such a nice way. Some delicious treats from the hub, and Hebrews is actually sponsoring this part of the show that we call What's in My Coffee. Hebrews, best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, a few Yankee candles in there. I like it a lot. I go there every day. Now let's play What's in My Coffee. And our drinks, they came up in a, in a very short period of time. They came up with a pretty diverse uh, uh, variegated color scheme for our drinks. Wow, what word is that? That's a, it's a real word. Va- can you say variegated. It variegated. Variegated. Variegated means multicolored. Wow, multiple colors in the spectrum, and we do. <laughs> so why don't we start with the least colorful? We'll work our way around all the way to the most colorful. So Chris, uh, yours looks tasty. This is a coffee drink. Yes, it is sweet. Um, it is light brown. It is the lightest of brown because you can get a variety of brown iced drinks, but this is one of the lightest of the light brown drinks. I'm stalling because I have no idea what's in there, but it is sweet and it is coffee. And it's a creamy iced drink. It's a creamy iced drink. Okay. And would you get it again? Yeah, absolutely. Would you order it for your best friend? Sure. Would you spend uh, $3.75 on it? Why not? Okay, all right, just checking, because uh, next week I'm going to see if you get me one or not. Okay, um, Sebastian, yours right. is slightly more colorful than his. It has, yes. a, has a, a hue to it. Yes. And it's half gone. It's Well, and I don't have a brain freeze, which is surprising. 
because it is a blended drink and it's purple and is also sweet and it's kind of like that Laura Ashley lavender color. That's a 1990s obscure reference. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I can say that I know that it's probably a taro drink. Mm-hmm. A taro. Bl- yes. Ta- mm-hmm. But I don't really know taro that well. And I don't. Is taro. It's of the, the root family. Yes. Is it's it, a, like a sweet potato. Is it actually like purple? Mm-hmm. It and is. It's a little Some bit sweeter tasting, but then when you load it with sugar. It's a bland cream. sweet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a I, sweet like potato. sweet potatoes. Yeah. It is. I'm pretty it's sure really it's similar. either. It's either taro or surprising, like cotton candy. What? I think I it's think you're probably on the right track. Hey, yeah. I'm just trying to throw. Some it's other. blended, has a little whipped cream on top as well. You're the only one with the dome lid on dome. yours. Dome. Dome. So, all right. Okay. So it's a taro <laughs> blended drink. No coffee in it, probably. No. Okay. All right, <laughs> Lawrence. Yours is slightly more colorful than his. It is. It is of a golden hue. Yes, golden. And um, this is actually a drink I thought about at about one o'clock this afternoon. You were thinking about the drink. You came up here and you got the drink. And behold, <laughs> it was in front of me. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, man, I would really like this tasty, cold Calamansi cooler. Is pretty okay. much what it is. All right. Um, and I thought about getting one of those. That's a local I, favorite. Fan favorite I, I, I down there. I was patient. Yes. I was patient, and, and it paid off. Yes, well, because uh, we gave everyone a chance to pick whatever drink they wanted, and you waited, I and did. you still got that one, I even did. though you didn't you know, grub it for yourself. I didn't grub it. Okay. <laughs> grub it. Grub it. <laughs> grab it, and then grub it. Uh, <laughs> mine is the most colorful. It is. It's green. It's super green. It's it's green like a green lantern green. It's green like a nice. green apple green. It's green mm-hmm. like Granny Smith's like green poisonous. eyes. That's what it's green. It's it's green like a green eyed monster green. It, and I haven't tasted it yet. Let's taste it. Okay, it's a icy, <laughs> um, carbonated. Hold on. It tastes like a. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Like a kiwi mm-hmm. flavored Jolly Rancher. Yeah. If there ever was one. Kiwi apple? Hmm? Maybe. Huh? Could Maybe. be kiwi apple. It could be. It could be. Let's see. <laughs> taro is your drink. It's Yay. just straight up taro. I that's that's it. how it comes Genius. out of the ground right there. It's a it's a, <laughs> yeah. that's actually me. a taro. Identical. You have a calamansi. Uh you have a white mocha, Chris. White, white mocha. mocha. Mm. It's good. And I have a kiwi mango fruit splash. Oh, so kiwi kiwi mango. mango. That's a that's sweet a on sweet. Pretty tasty little that's, treat that, there. That is nice. It's uh it's just straight sugar. Mm-hmm. So very tasty. So why don't we do a little how about this? We have about five minutes before the top of the hour. Let's do a little this day in history, take a break for the news, come back and we have a quiz about our topic of the day is siblings. At least Sebastian's topic of the day is siblings. It's gonna be very interesting. We, I have a kind of a secondary minor topic on meteorological phenomenons, but that's a lot harder to say than siblings. Very can't really, can't really connect them, can you? Yes, yes, yes. No, well, you never know. I mean, if your sibling gets seven sisters struck by lightning or something. Or stars. So, okay, so let's have uh, Lawrence in this last five minutes of this first hour talk about what happened okay. this day in history. It is August 18th, by the way. So for those keeping score at home, it's August 18th. I'm giving, I'm giving you a quick rundown then. Um, 14, 18, competition Only good news, announced. by the way, about... Uh, female leaders in non-British colonies. Oh. Go. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> whatever, whatever, news you, whatever happened this There's day in history. There's a couple good things. Jeopardy uh, all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, competition announced to design the dome of the Florentine Cathedral. Uh, the main competitors were Lorenzo Ghiberti, 
and Filippo Brunelleschi. Uh, each of them were good in their own. Uh, I think it was Ghiberti that was a bit of a, a better sculptor, and Brunelleschi ended up winning this competition. Um, and his dome is on the the Florentine Chapel. Florence started the Renaissance, and the chapel in the middle, very beautiful building, uh, was has his. Um, Dome on top. 1838, the United States Exploring Expedition headed by Charles Wilkes departs for the Pacific Ocean and Antarctica. So they still had not really uh, explored a whole lot over into the California, uh, Washington region yet. And so he will go and explore a lot of that area. The California, Washington region. Yeah. Forget Oregon, I guess, huh? Yeah. Uh, 1909, (laughs) Mayor of Tokyo, Yukio Ozaki, presents Washington, D.C. with 2,000 cherry trees, which President Taft decides to plant near the Potomac River. Just not to park here very long, I've been to Japan twice now in the cherry blossom um, time of year. They only bloom for about seven to ten days in the year. Uh, Japan is absolutely beautiful with those, and it's true. If you go to Washington, D.C., you'll see them around the Jefferson Memorial. Uh, a couple other memorials are, have them all kind of planted in amongst them. Very, 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 very uh, beautiful One trees. of the better international gifts. I really? know that... Um, uh, the king of Siam gave a bunch of elephants to Abraham Lincoln. That wasn't nearly as helpful as uh, the no, cherry trees. No, from the Japan. cherry trees were buried, and they're still there. 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson issues proclamation of neutrality. Uh, the ironic thing is, it didn't last very long because within a year, um, the Lusitania was sunk and a telegram was sent. The Zimmerman, I think. Uh, telegram was sent to Mexico from Germany saying, if you help us fight the U.S., we'll give you the southwestern uh, area of the United States. So then America was pretty much, okay, we, we have to fight. So for the last thing, knowing that it's now the top of the hour, so this is a super flyby uh, thing here. But the lead up is awesome. Yeah. It really has been, is it not? I'm anticipating this. Mm-hmm. Me too. You got a whole minute and okay. 38 Seven seconds. Good, because I came down here to the end, and um, positive there, non there female it, royalty. There's a lot of negative, you know, negative vibes coming from the this day in history mm. deal here. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he's that's, sorry, he's struggling. I made the me. gate so small that this camel cannot enter through. <laughs> it is is just too too difficult to find good news on August 18th in history. Yeah, um, that's honestly, it's, I mean, I have the Jerry Lewis appears on Donahue defend the telethons in 1981. That's, that's great. not positive. Well, no, we'll take that. It's we'll not take a telethon, it. but. You know, Jerry Lewis telethon, he appeared he on Phil Donahue. Many of them. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. It's great. I used to watch it. Stay, they'd stay up all night. He would literally be almost yeah, delirious by the morning time trying to raise money for the, is Children Miracle Network, Jerry's Kids, I think is what it was called. He. Jerry's Kids. Jerry's Kids. That's what it was called. Anyway, hey, this song's perfect. It's called Discombobulate, and that's how I feel right now. So let's take a short break for the news. When we come back, we'll kind of tie all these loose ends together. We're going to do a little quiz. And for you listeners at home or in the car, maybe at your desk, stay tuned. The second hour is even more fun than the first hour. It always is like that because then we get all of our hub drinks in us and we just have a great time. We want to make sure that you have a good time with us listening to this show live till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News. Acts 
accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, accentuate the positive, and latch on. And we're back with a little more live till 5. It's 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, August 18th. Glad to have you with us today. Congratulations on surviving and thriving in your first three days of school. All you students did well, too. And that was a shout-out to all our staff that did a great job. Two weeks of in-service training and then ready for the new school year. And uh, excited for all the new seniors and all the new kindergartners, kind of the bookends of our school. Plus, we have... A lot of new teachers, a lot of new faces around the campus. Almost every department has a new, at least one new face in it. And uh, it's a good thing. Good thing to have a lot of new folks. This is episode 227 on this Friday, August 18th. If you ever miss part of the show, have no fear. Saturdays from noon to 2. Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. You can listen to the whole show as a rebroadcast. Matter of fact, you might be listening to the rebroadcast right now. This is broadcast live on Friday afternoons, but we record the whole thing and put it in as a two-hour slot on Saturdays and Sundays. So Saturdays, uh, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Also, you can download the podcast through our website, khmg.org. And not just the podcast of this show, but many excellent shows that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. And I'm going to try and remember them all, but if I miss any, I'll let Chris and Sebastian jump in. I know this show... Which I would kind of put, you know, really at the bottom of the list. But uh, Building Great Leaders with yes. Dr. Les Olala. Living Redemptively with Dr. Douglas McLaughlin. Uh, take Note with Dr. Christopher Harper. <laughs> <laughs> harvest, harvest Time. Harvest with, Time, yes. Harvest Time. Heart of Harvest. Correct. Uh, and, um, uh, 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 Harvest now. Echoes. Uh, harvest Echoes. That's I was trying to echo you. Oh, is oh, that what that was? On. I thought you were having a, <laughs> something. I was going to turn your mic down. I'm like, he's, he's struggling over there. No. It's okay. Too much tarot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, okay. This is Harvest Echoes, which, what is Harvest Echoes, by the way? Harvest Echoes is a, uh, a it's sermons from people who have visited Harvest Baptist Church through the years, really since about 2001, and have preached in like conferences and special meetings. So it's kind of the best of the best. Mm. There are a lot of great sermons through the years uh, at Harvest. So, mm. so, that's so it's a it second sounding of a previous. You yes, know, it's echoes. Sermon. And can I tell you, I I've been listening a whole year through these sermons, and yes. I've just listened through so many sermons. I know Chris has listened to more than me, but I've just gained so much wisdom. I feel right from listening. Yeah, hey, all that would explain things. you. You you are wiser than you were a year ago. <laughs> so I, that's I good. Hope so yeah, <laughs> I, and hey, what a what a privilege to get paid to listen to sermons. That's, know, that's right? great. <laughs> so that's that's probably how a, a real uh, bibliophile feels about getting a job in a library. You know, it's like, hey, great, yeah. you get to be around books all day long. So, yeah. okay, so now our our topic of the day: siblings. I think we all have siblings in here. I'm, I, Chris has had the most siblings as far as. If you include foster siblings, of oh, anyone wow. that I've ever met in my whole life, 
Yeah. And definitely. I've met a lot of people, like 23, 24 people. You, <laughs> yeah. You have more foster siblings and siblings than anyone I've ever met. How many adopted siblings and then expand that out? How many foster okay. siblings? So I have, there's 10 in our family. Uh, my brother Jamie is adopted. My brother Patrick is adopted. My sister Jessica is adopted. And I have a brother, Rob, who was not adopted but was in guardianship was something that when the parent does not give up the rights but they have the but someone else has guardianship over them. So uh yeah, there's four there and then um my parents when I left Spokane, Washington where I grew up at 24 years of age in 2000, um my parents had had over 400 foster children and they were still foster parents for another like 12, 13 years after that. So they've got to be in the 450 range maybe of kids. Wow. Um, over the course of 44 years. Wow. So they were the longest serving foster parents in the history of Washington State to, to this point. They got awards from the governor. They would every year for a while, they got awards from different uh, government organizations. They went to visit the the governor and got a big award. They didn't know they were going to get the award. They just showed up for this event. Somebody begged them to come to this event, and then they were there, and they were given this award for being the longest-serving foster parents. So, yeah, 44 years. That'd be years. one new foster child every month for 40 years, basically. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's um, And they had, you know, they had long-term and a lot of very short-term. So sometimes you would get a child for you know, a few days at a time. Mm-hmm. So you'd maybe have three, four, five in a month. Sure. But uh, they had some that were very long-term. And they specialized in special, uh, medically fragile mm. infants. Wow. So it was almost always babies. Almost always. And your dad took an early retirement or a medical retirement in his 50s, right? And But continued to be a foster parent until his it was just 70s early, or 80s? It was just early retirement. Okay. So he was 50. He retired at 55. And then he was the president of the Foster Parent Association for another bunch of years after that. So they worked really hard after he retired. But um, so, wow, yeah, it's pretty big. Wow. 450 foster siblings plus... It's got to be. Family of, I don't know the exact number, but it's got to wow, be in that, wow. in that neighborhood. So stepping way down from that number, Sebastian, how many siblings in your family? Siblings, step-siblings, half-siblings? Okay. I have, uh, there's five of us total. So there's, I have a full-blood brother and a full-blood sister, and then a half-blood brother and a half-blood sister. And half-blood means uh, same one of the same parents, so oh, I, it doesn't mean you cut your hands and did a handshake. <laughs> no, blood brothers. I know, right? Uh, this is uh, so my my half brother has a different dad, and then my half sister has a different dad. That's also a different dad. So, yeah, kind of a complex family. Yeah, and uh, you know, because they're they're more blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. What I got. All right. And Lawrence, how many uh, siblings do you have? Uh, just four sisters. Um, no brothers. Just just me and four sisters. That's great. Yeah. That's, like my, great. that's like my son, too. 
Yeah, yeah. I wasn't in the middle sisters. though. I wasn't in the middle. Poor Steve. That that'd yeah. be a, that's a tough yeah. uh, tough road. Were you at the, the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Yeah. 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 The oldest. And is, I'm the oldest. Uh, it's crucial uh, yeah. with four sisters. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the oldest child and oldest grandchild on both sides. So I have that unique. That explains a lot. Some of my cousins and things like that are more the same age as my own children. I have a brother and a sister. My brother, Jake, four years younger than me, he was actually on this show about two years ago with me. He thought this was the weirdest thing I've ever done. And then my sister, Emily, who used to teach here at Harvest years ago, uh, my she's eight years younger than me. So we were kind of stair-step four years apart. So, yeah. So, siblings. So, with that, uh, I mean, I can't think of a better kind of launch pad for you Sebastian to to get into the topic of siblings today thank you our listeners at home many of them have siblings this is going to really touch the cockles of their heart I'm very appreciative of this opportunity okay thank you that's so. a phrase everyone's looking at me like <laughs> what that's I, you know you ever heard warm the cockles of your heart yeah of course yeah I've never I heard don't know what I a mean, cockle is but I need to find that in my hey, idiom that's section in, that's in um, Oliver Twist oh that's right yeah uh, he says it'll warm the cockles of your heart warm the cockles it's, of your that's heart that's the 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 thief, the yes, crazy that's right. thief. Yeah, Do- the art, not Artful Dodger, but the other no, guy. No, the, the guy who runs all the kids. Uh, Finn or whatever. Uh, yeah, so. Well, whoever he is. And it, we're we're just you. thrilling Sebastian here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, our listeners will be warmed by this by this topic. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's about siblings, and it's kind of hard to find quiz questions about siblings. Um, a lot of them are just like questions you should ask your siblings, you know. And uh, so I, I did some research. Why did you hit me? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why did you Where did this? you put my doll? Why have yeah. you done this thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I call this Simply Sibling. It's a great name, mm-hmm. I know. And it's actually a true-false quiz. All right? True-false. Okay. Is that true? I have a 50-50 yes. chance oh, okay. on every question. True-false is God good. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> what are you, you going to say? Is God good? Yeah, true-false. True. False. God is great. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one. We'll just go around the. That's an we'll indication go- of how good this quiz <laughs> oh, is. Oh boy. We're this trouble. actually. I pulled. This, I will pass I, all my answers. <laughs> I pulled this from uh, from like a nursing education site. Uh, it's hard to. Get, okay. Um, Question one. We'll just go around the table here. Um, generally speaking, close to seventy-five percent of parents don't have a favorite child in their family. Have a favorite basically they don't 75 percent don't have a favorite correct i would say true i would say false most parents have a favorite i'd say false chris is just a good dad okay (laughs) the answer is generally speaking false while most parents outwardly deny having a favorite child studies have proven time and time again that this simply isn't the case that's how my parents were (laughs) they outwardly denied it but we all know who my mom's i was was. always called the favorite yeah and i'll claim it i was the only boy my mom would make a sandwich leave bread and a knife on the table for my sisters yep I could I could go down too many lists. Yes, yes. My, I was the same way with my mom. Now my my dad <laughs> spoiled my sister, but my mom pretty much would yeah. give me my dad's things, and so my dad couldn't like if there was a piece of cake sitting in front of my dad, and I'd eat mine. She'd grab it from him and put it in front of me, and he'd just be looking at me like. 
What? Who are you? This is why siblings topic yes. is so great. It just has so many memories, you know? I know. You're just drawing it out of us. <laughs> and you you understand that this is true when uh, one of your siblings gets a coat of many colors and you don't. Uh, yes. You know yeah. what I mean? And we, we know how that went down. Yeah. Not so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. Firstborns are generally smarter than the younger siblings. True. Oh, I already know. This is true. Um, I'm going to say false. And more humble, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if that's one of your questions. <laughs> As the two <laughs> eldest answered true immediately. I would say false. <laughs> Such a silly question. So um, it is actually true. <laughs> Several <laughs> theories as to why the strong, the strongest of the theories. We had to blaze our own trail. There was nobody in front <laughs> of us right. to show us what, how to do it. The strongest being right. the older sibling teaching their younger siblings, reinforcing their own understanding of concepts and yeah. ideas. Yeah. So yes, that's uh, another for Jared and Lawrence, and nothing for Chris. This All is right. this is already teaching me that number one research it this research is probably shoddy and number two <laughs> that if it's well, these not questions. people are pretty horrible actually but, the first okay. two questions have been right on yeah, so sure. keep it keep it yeah. going there sebastian yeah, all right question number job. three older siblings tend to be more extroverted than younger siblings in large families oh boy this is so cliche it is hmm. well, I'm, well i'm gonna go with true again hmm I think true also. I mean, I guess you'd have to define the what part of extrovert, but I would say true, generally, generically, stereotypically, yeah, grammatically. True. Now, I'm going to say true only out of peer pressure, but <laughs> never. <laughs> but but uh, I've actually I've actually seen some research that that basically says that most of the stereotypes about siblings are actually pretty absurd so there's a lot of there's a lot of research that calls into a question calls into question the sibling theories that people usually yes. have yes i take it up uh, with the nursing education website i pulled it from oh good <laughs> okay I'll so go you're going with true and, and, and all three of us said true <laughs> all right and you all are wrong false the younger tends to be more extroverted really <laughs> growing Not up in my family growing up with well, a, i don't know abby growing up with a there's large one number younger. oh yeah Oh, it doesn't have to be the baby, though. You're just saying the oldest. Yeah. It, so anyone younger could be more. Yeah, and, they're and saying we'd be wrong. if they're going up with a large number of siblings, they're forced to speak up more to get attention and be more uh, oh, okay. out there. Yeah, maybe. So, so yeah. I mean, my this case, is generally they were speaking, more, so they were it's not going to be paid more attention. When to. I was a kid, we'd go to Shoney's, and my parents would send me from table to table to sing Rhinestone Cowboy <laughs> for French <What>? fries. <laughs> what? True story. That's that ties. My in siblings with, never had to do that. That ties ever. in with the death of uh, um, Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell just last a week. few That's days right. ago. Yeah. That's right. So I'm gonna uh, <laughs> give this next question. <laughs> it's uh, uh, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I don't think Chris will agree either way, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Having siblings in your family can aid to your height. Your as height? In, as in siblings can make you taller. Siblings what? can make you taller? The environment, the environment that you're in. <laughs> you're so indignant. <laughs> what if... What if now I know this is What shocking. if you're like... Quadruplets in the womb, and yeah. one is standing on the other's shoulders, and the other one is squishing. It could oh, be taller. No. All right, okay. Jacob and Esau. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
Really? I would say false. You, you think? False, yeah. false. <laughs> Peer pressure? No, yeah, I, I false. say false. Okay, good job, guys. It's false. Oh, okay. wow. What kind of question wow. is that? Well, okay, it was here, so absurd, here, it could almost well, be true. This is why it's <laughs> yes. actually the opposite. A study oh. of a study of 14,000. <laughs> That's why you won't agree listen, with either. Listen, listen. I'm explaining the statistics, st- 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 oh. <laughs> Chris. Right. And um, right. a study of 14,000 British children found that those with three siblings were on average about one inch shorter from going down the line. And they're saying a possible reason being when younger siblings arrive on the scene, there are fewer resources to go around. Oh, <laughs> in 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 Western society, I, I doubt We're talking it. about during maybe the Irish Africa. potato famine. Yeah, the Irish potato <laughs> famine. Maybe. maybe. But even that uh, correlation does not indicate causation. Poor, scurvy siblings. 14,000 British children, they say. Okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right. And then finally, question number five. Are you ready for this? No. Okay. Well, how is Chris? You you predicted last time Chris would not like either <laughs> answer, and you were absolutely right. This one is more of a is a better. Stat- it's hard to find like just statistics. Oh no, we, we talked about statistics. We know. Today. We know. This yeah. is yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. topic of statistics came yeah. up. Yeah. So all right, here we go. Question five: The most children within a family between one man and one woman. So it wasn't like multiple, you know, women is under is under sixty children. True or false? Does that make sense? Yeah, so one know. mom and one dad, mom, one dad. dad biologically. Yeah, biologically. Mm. Less 60? than... S- so why, has, why would they throw 60 out there? It's probably because the number's 58. So I'm going to go with true. Mm. The most children within a family between one man and one woman is under 60 children. Okay. Wow. The real answer is going to be within five of 60. So, uh... Nine. Carry the one. 30... <laughs> times nine, 270 what are you months. Counting? 200, uh, uh, if it's even possible, because it's basically a child every 53 years. Uh, so, yeah, you would have, uh, I think every it's, I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible. Yeah. Technically possible. Because okay. there's triplets and quadruplets. It's and under things. 60? Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't want to give an exact number because it's okay. like, ah, 58. No, it's 59. I, I would know, say, kind of I would say, No. False. All right. So we got a false. A, I believe a family might have had over 60 children. Yeah. True. And you're saying? False. Um, it is. There is There is a family that was over, over 60, 60 children. It's true. How many? Um, this was 69 children with 67 surviving infancy, 16 wow. pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. Uh, from a in one family, a, Whoa. a peasant from Russia, and this was in uh, between. I I don't know if I got the dates right, but it was 1725 and 1765. Wow, that was in a believe it or not. Now that I think about it, <laughs> wow, you had a Russian, knowledge of you know what? They uh, were wealthy family. before, and then they became peasants by the end of that. <laughs> no kidding. Oh man! But uh, so so many triplets and quadruplets. That's whoa. And and you know if they were in England, that would explain why the siblings were shorter because mm-hmm. they, they had to fight for they moved there survival. in the 1700s. <laughs> wow! But I thought this famine. was just a good you know even if it's not entirely true, it's still revealing you know <laughs> or even like, partially true. For oh, that. we it just became be. a news I, station. I, just can't say, <laughs> I can't say for sure, obviously, but 
Hey, that's good, Sebastian. You got you yeah. definitely got the conversation going, and our listeners driving home from church in their cars right now are probably having debates about whether or not it's possible to have 67 children or however many you just said. 69. 69 yeah. children. So, uh, yeah, it's... Whew. Well, maybe we should all uh, text one of our siblings this weekend and, and let them know that we've been thinking about them and that the this show inspired us to... Uh, make contact so we can all reach out reach out to our siblings yeah so yeah well great sebastian thanks for putting the time and effort into that lawrence what are you doing this weekend besides homework oh my a lot that's pretty much it it's it's either homework for my job or homework for my class oh boy so it's it's gonna be a busy weekend it's it's all homework just homework it really is working at home sebastian what are you doing this weekend going out on a boat oh yeah saturday where what boat uh a boat with many people on it that I don't really know. It's just called a boat trip. I don't oh, know. Oh, boat it's trip. An event. <laughs> boat trip's fun. <laughs> and I'm going to it. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And Chris, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm going to do a little homework as well for a class for the um, the uh, group that Rhonda puts together that brings mm-hmm. kids to yep. the church on the bus. We're going to yep. do some discipleship over the next several weeks. So I'll be reading a discipleship book. Great. That we have. So. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to mention I'll have like a wonderful fiance with me on the boat. Oh, as well. of course. <laughs> it's, it's a given. Thanks. It's a given. I didn't, I could hardly drink my drink today because there was no cake to go with it. I, <laughs> yeah. Having, so, I was really no. having a hard time choke my uh, yes, Kalmanza yes, yes. cooler down. So, no. Well, last time I saw your fiance, I told her she needs to bring like carrot sticks or something next time. So, not carrot cake. So, just anyway. Well, and I'm doing homework this weekend as well as some other stuff, getting ready for. Uh, teaching a class or a, a lesson the next two Sunday nights in church. So, hmm. well, guys, thanks for your time. And listeners, thanks for sticking around for the first hour and 25 minutes of Live Till 5. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more Live Till 5, including the news, Stranger Than Fiction, and our subtopic of the day, meteorological phenomenon. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. Crushing hopes that the chair is so dear. Clouds and storm will in time pass away. The sun again will shine bright and clear. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday afternoon, August 18th, 4.29 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. As I mentioned, often throughout the broadcast, if you ever miss part of the show, you can tune in to the entire rebroadcast. Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m. Right here on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. You can also tune into our website, khmg.org. You can listen to the live stream So you don't have to have a radio at your desk anymore. Now, if you have internet, you can listen to our radio station. Beautiful quality live stream right there on our website, khmg.org. And you can download a bunch of great podcasts of this show and of all the other shows we produce locally here at KHMG. So we want you to go to khmg.org. And then, of course, let us know you're listening. Go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio, Guam. Just look us up and then follow us. And then you'll get up to date every time we upload a, a new podcast or we we put a new article out there or we trying to put out a link to something uh even with some of the news issues uh the last couple of weeks we try to keep you up to speed there as well so find us on facebook harvest family radio guam and follow us and 
like us, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the radio station and then this show as well as the other things we put out for you. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to know how we can better serve you. So we'd love to hear from you. Now, station manager and all-around good guy Chris Harper is here with the news. I want to take a look first at a story that I found uh, on srnnews.com. And most of these stories, are all of these stories, I should say, today are from srnnews.com. We're an SRN News affiliate. But this is a story uh, in the national news or in world news, I found it, about Guam that I didn't necessarily see in the local uh, news, or at least I didn't see it when I visited just now, just a few minutes ago, uh, and that is that the U.S. Navy has awarded a contract Friday for utility construction and site improvements for a future Marine Corps base on Guam. And uh, maybe they did that earlier in the day and I missed it. Hmm. Something happened there. The Navy said that the sick or $164.9 million Japanese-funded contract was awarded in support of an international agreement between the U.S. and Japan. The relocation of Marines to the island has been in the works for over a decade. We know all about that. The contract includes construction of utilities, roads, and infrastructure, as well as removal of unexploded ordnance and munitions. So if I missed the, the local stories, I apologize, but I didn't see them just now. No, I hadn't heard about that at all. Right. Uh, archaeologists have discovered a 2,600-year-old artifact that buttresses the biblical account of Jerusalem's destruction by the Babylonian Empire in 586 B.C. Israeli experts have looked over uh, the finds and released a statement saying that, quote, these objects depict an affluence and character of Jerusalem, capital of the Judean kingdom, that are mesmerizing proof of the city's demise at the hands of the Babylonians. Unquote. So that's an interesting discovery that uh, definitely corroborates the biblical narrative about uh, the Babylonians. Uh, Usain Bolt's final track appearance ended with pain and frustration on Saturday as he pulled up injured running the final leg of the world championships four by 100 meters relay as Britain stunned the United States to win a shock gold medal. Bolt, who had to settle for a bronze in the individual 100 meters, had been hoping to sign off from the sport by leading Jamaica to a fifth successive world relay title, but they were struggling in a distant third place when he collected the baton. As he tried to gain ground, Bolt pulled up and fell to the floor midway down the home straight and was later... Uh, described to have had a cramp in his left hamstring. So not a good ending to Usain Bolt's career, mm. but it's not much of a stain on a career that's had right. so many gold yep. medals and yep. wins. So pretty amazing. A new lawsuit accuses Nestle of blatantly violating the rights of Atari by using, without permission, the classic 1970s video game Breakout in a new marketing campaign for its Kit Kat chocolate-flavored wafers. In a complaint filed on Thursday in federal court in San Francisco, Atari said Nestle knowingly exploited the breakout name, look, and feel through a social media media and video campaign. According to Atari, 
Quote, Nestle simply took the classic breakout screen, replaced its bricks with Kit Kat bars, and invited customers to break out and buy more candy bars. Unquote. Atari is seeking three times Nestle's profit for the alleged infringement, plus triple and punitive damages. This might be the best thing that's happened to Atari since uh, the 2600 console. Right. <laughs> I mean, that that's a windfall if they win, yeah. win a yeah. case like that. Yeah, so that's a pretty big deal. You can Google um, uh, Kit Kat Breakout, and there's a video of uh, the alleged violation, which is still there. So it's an interesting it's an interesting story to sort of close out. A little more lighthearted story, although it's yeah. not lighthearted for the Nestle people, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, poor Nestle's. I think Nestle is a. I think the company is owned abroad. I think I believe it's a. I was just reading an article. I believe Nestle is part of a, a conglomeration. I'm trying to remember which European country it's out of, but I believe they're owned by a foreign entity. Could be. So. Could be. So, well, hey, very interesting. Thanks a lot, Chris. And uh, how are the 365 pictures going, by the way? It's going fine. I'm on number, I think, 230-something, and I haven't missed a day. So I'm I'm in good shape. I was just telling Deborah the other day, I haven't missed a day yet. It, it got really late one night a uh, few, few nights ago, and I was scrambling to try to find something to take a picture of. So what I did was... My son, it was the night before school started, and it was just really, really busy. And so uh, my son had set out all of his clothes on the right in front of his door, ready for the next day with his new shoes. And he had his belt all twirled up into a, mm-hmm. you know, a little yep. round circle, and he had all of his stuff set out. And so I said, what I'll do is I'll take a picture of that, but it was pretty low light, so I had to take a long exposure of this of these clothes and everything set out. But so I got something, it was creative. Mm -hmm. This is, this is my theory for the 365 project. If you can't get a good picture, you get a picture of, of a good story. Sure. So that's what it was. I took a picture of this and said, my son is ready because he was ready, man. He had it all of his Mm -hmm. stuff ready to roll for the morning. So a little more than my girls. They didn't exactly, they weren't exactly that, well yeah. planned out. Yeah. Except Hannah, she's very, very organized. Which but. which one is which one's Hannah as far as age? Hannah is the second child. Second, okay. She's yeah. a she's a leader, yeah, and she's very organized. Yeah. And she's the one that's thing. always carrying around, like helping other people with their babies and yes. stuff like that. Yes, yeah. okay, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, I yes, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that she's got leadership qualities yep. for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool. Now, are all your kids in school now? Or is your little yes. one still at home? No, no. Um, Rebecca is at K4 every Great. day. Um, half day no. or full day? She's there half day, Great. but every day. So Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Well, so good. good. Well, it's kind of neat to have your kids around campus and stuff because yeah. you're in close proximity. I mean, we're very blessed uh, to be able to do something like that. Most people, I mean, even if you worked in a public school, you're not going to be able to work around your children and Children yeah. of all different ages. That's the nice thing about being a consolidated school where you have elementary, middle school, and high school all together. Uh, so we get to interact and see our kids and stuff like that. My so. sister and I were commenting on this at one point here a few months ago because she works at a Christian school. And she's always had her kids around at school, same as I have. And, you know, like tonight, Stephen got out of uh, 
got out of class and he ran up here first thing and said, can I bring up my futsal sign-up sheet or whatever? He's going to play futsal. And I said, sure, bring it up. And then I said, your mom's going to be waiting for you, you know, but he, mm-hmm. he knew right where to go to get his paperwork signed and things. Nice. So he was able to, so. That's nice. Yeah, it's great. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, great. Well, hope you get a few more good shots this weekend and uh, have fun with the family as you're working on uh, your Bible study for the uh, van ministry, right? With, yeah. With uh, Rhonda. Yeah. That's next, in the next few weeks, we're going to start that up. Great. So should be good. Awesome. Okay. Thanks a lot, Chris. Have a great weekend. You too. And listeners, thank you for staying tuned to Live Till 5. We still have about 21 minutes left in the show because it's only 4.39 p.m. on Friday, August 18th. Episode 227 of Live Till 5. We're going to come back with a little Stranger Than Fiction, talk about some meteorological phenomenon, and a sincere invitation to visit my church. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. with a little more live till five gonna run a few stranger than fiction stories by you then take another short break come back and talk about some meteorological phenomenons that we've seen recently right here on guam first i don't know if you saw these two stories out of australia recently one is the australian teen's feet bloodied by mystery sea creatures this one kind of definitely caught my eye. You know, I do this segment ever since the very first episode called Stranger Than Fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. At least it seems that way. Sometimes these stories are kind of outrageous or they're hilarious or they're infuriating. They just don't seem real. So when you see a title like Australian Teen's Feet Bloodied by Mystery Sea Creatures, it grabs your attention, which means they did a good job. Melbourne, Australia, a teenager who went for a swim at a Melbourne beach and emerged with his feet covered in blood has stumped marine experts. And it basically goes on to say how his legs felt sore after playing a game of football on Saturday, so he decided to soak them at the beach. 30 minutes later, the 16-year-old walked out of the water and his feet and ankles were covered in what looked like hundreds of little pinholes and was bleeding a lot. He got home. His parents took him to the hospital. And basically, the staff at the hospital had no idea what kind of creature could cause such injuries. So he went back to the beach and went uh, the following night, went to the pool where he had been um, soaking. And he took a piece of meat and put it in the water and netted a bunch of these little animals that he believed could have been responsible took a video of dozens of the tiny bug-like creatures chomping on the chunks of meat and um, basically what they think is the teen may have been attacked by crustaceans called uh, amphipods which usually eat decomposing plant and animal scraps 
But Thomas Cribb, parasite expert from the University of Queensland, said it would be very unusual for amphipods to cause such extensive bleeding. It's not, a, it's not a parasite I've ever come across, he said. Meanwhile, marine expert Michael Brown believes small bug-eating meat video could have been jellyfish larvae as well. But all these different people, I mean, you, you name it, all these different experts, none of them are sure what it was. But it is kind of a strange, scary little phenomenon there. Here's another Australian story. Now, this one, it's just the way it's written. I think it's the, the style of communication uh, because this is from Reuters, which uh, a lot of their authors, um, a lot of their journalists are from abroad. So sometimes the way they say things is a little different. So I had to read the headline of this story a couple times to get it. Boasts could expose culprits in decapitation of Australian dinosaur replicas. So let me read that again. Boasts could expose culprits in decapitation of Australian dinosaur replicas. That's a real tongue twister. But basically, this Reuters story talks about how Australian police on Tuesday said they expected the individuals who decapitated three dinosaur replicas at a museum to boast about their trophies to friends, so bringing about their own exposure. So uh, because it was such a dumb thing to do, they believe that people that do those types of foolish acts also celebrate it in a foolish way by boasting about it on social media. So they're expecting to have something pop up on social media, and that's how they're planning to catch them. And they're so confident about that, they're even willing to tell the news reporters that they're going to do that. So very interesting. Here's another crime story from abroad. And if you've ever been to Singapore, you know anything about Singapore, it's one of the lowest crime places in the world. And that is because it has some of the most Eucerious punishments of of any country. Uh, you spit out your gum on the sidewalk. You're not even allowed to bring gum into the country. But if you smuggle it in and you spit it out, you can go to jail. There's huge fines, things like that. But it is a lovely place. I mean, they're trying to protect. So Reuters here, another story from, oddly enough, August 9th. Low crime Singapore investigating man after toothpicks found in bus seat. So, think about this. Let's say you're from, like me, Kansas City, and there's some toothpicks found in a bus seat. What would happen? Absolutely nothing. But if you're in Singapore, you're not so lucky. A 60-year-old Singaporean man is under investigation for inserting toothpicks into the seat on a public bus. A suspected case of, quote-unquote, mischief that could put him behind bars for up to two years. Through extensive inquiries and with the assistance of CCTV footage, officers established the identity of the suspect, a police statement said. Pictures of three toothpicks sticking up from the seat were posted last month by a Facebook user who said she noticed them just as she was about to sit down. Remember to check your seat next time before sitting, guys, she wrote. The picture was shared 2,500 times. Singapore, a wealthy city-state, has one of the lowest crime rates in the world. However, one of the government's public information slogans is, low crime doesn't mean no crime. Authorities come down hard on minor crimes such as vandalism, which is punishable by caning, that is being beaten with a cane rod, a bamboo stick. And the import of chewing gum is banned in part to keep public spaces clean. The police said investigations into the case of the toothpicks were continuing. The uh, offense of mischief carries punishment of imprisonment for up to two years or a fine or both. Can you believe that? And now for a listener submitted article. Casey, thank you for sending me this article. Very interesting. Chick-fil-A and Atlanta 
Falcons' new stadium will be closed on Sundays. Atlanta Falcons fans who are ready to see the game at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium will have to choose different restaurants to eat at after Chick-fil-A announced that its store inside the arena will be closed every Sunday. Chick-fil-A has closed its business every Sunday since 1946, according to its website. Our founder, Truett Cathy, made the decision to close on Sundays in 1946 when he opened the first restaurant in Hapville, Georgia. Having worked seven days a week in restaurants open 24 hours, Truett saw the importance of closing on Sundays so that he and his employees could set aside one day of rest and worship if they choose, a practice they still uphold today, the website says. The sad news for the Falcons fans is that there will be one Thursday night home game this season, while the rest will be played on Sundays, according to ESPN. Fans of Atlanta United, a soccer team that also plays in the stadium, can rejoice because the restaurant will be open for the games that are played uh, as long as it's not on Sunday. Zaxby signed a deal with the as the chicken of the Falcons officially, according to ESPN. However, the restaurant's products are not being provided at the arena at the moment. Zaxby's is kind of similar, but not as good as Chick-fil-A. Let's take a short break. When we come back, meteorological phenomenons and a sincere, heartfelt invitation to visit the church that I go to. Harvest Baptist Church. So stick around. A little more live till 5. It is 4.50 p.m. on this Friday, August 18th. Short break. Back with you in just a moment. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me while I'm on this old tedious journey. I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand. And we're back with a little more live till 5. It is 4.53 p.m. on this Friday, August 18th. Glad you could be with us today. Meteorological phenomenons. Hard to say. Cool to observe. You might have seen in the newspaper about a week and a half ago, there was a water spout spotted off of Tumon Bay. My wife and I were walking out of a lunchtime appointment somewhere and looked up and saw the clouds rolling in towards Tumon Bay, particularly towards the Hilton side of Tumon Bay. And her and I both observed, wow, those look like Tornado-type clouds. Well, there was a water spout coming out of those clouds eventually, as we saw in the news later on. Water spouts fall into two categories, fair weather water spouts and tornadic water water spouts. Tornadic water spouts are tornadoes that form over water or move to land uh, from land to water. They have the same characteristics as land tornadoes associated with severe thunderstorms and are often accompanied by high winds and seas, large hail, and frequent dangerous lightning. Fairweather water spouts usually from form along dark base of a line of developing cumulus clouds. The type of water spouts generally not associated with thunderstorms. Tornadic water spouts develop downward in a thunderstorm. A fairweather water spout develops on the surface of the water, works its way upward. By the time the funnel is visible, the fairweather water spout is near maturity. Fairweather water spouts form a light wind condition and normally move very little. I believe that's the kind of water spout we saw that day in the pictures. But here's a phenomenon I saw this week. It was very interesting. I was out paddling with some friends, and I looked 
kind of towards the west early in the morning, and I snapped a few pictures. Then I posted them on our little WhatsApp group for the Just Old Guys and Gals paddling group. Yes, that's what we're called, J-O-G-G, Just Old Guys and Gals. And we, I just commented, what a beautiful sunrise. And I wasn't thinking about it. I just was sending the pictures out from my phone, and one of my friends, Poncho, said, that's very interesting since the sun was behind us. So where I was facing taking the picture was directly opposite of where the sunrise was. But these beautiful rays were, were kind of pointing to the horizon. And so I looked it up, and that is a phenomenon known as the anti-crepuscular rays or the anti-solar rays, anti-crepuscular. Crepuscular rays appear to converge on the sun, Anti-crepuscular or anti-solar rays converge on the opposite direction, and you must have your back to the sun or sunset uh, to see them. They appear to converge towards the anti-solar point, the point of the sky sphere directly opposite of the sun. Like crepuscular rays, they are parallel shafts of sunlight from holes in the clouds, and their apparent odd directions are perspective effect. Think of a long straight road, it converges towards the horizon, but turn around, it also converges towards the opposite horizon. Crepuscular and anti-crepuscular rays have happen or behave in the same way. Anti-crepuscular rays are not rare, but they must be sought carefully. When ordinary crepuscular rays are visible, turn around and search for their opposite numbers. More rarely, sun rays pass right across the sky. So, to see rays straight overhead is more rare than to see the crepuscular or anti-crepuscular. It's very interesting, though. So these rays converge on what looks like the opposite of the sunrise. So beautiful. Such a amazing handiwork of God's creation to go out and see not only the sunrise, but the beautiful rays going across the sky and converging at this, this point on the opposite horizon, so anti-crepuscular rays. I'm trying to say it a lot so I can get the word into my vocabulary and use it in a sentence this week, but glad I could share that with you. Meteorological phenomenon happens all the time here on Guam. Beautiful sunsets. Some of the most beautiful sunsets in the world happen right here on Guam. Just normal normal people with an average phone become world-famous photographers taking pictures of the sunsets here on Guam. So glad to share some of that with you and glad you could be with us today. I want to make a impassioned invitation to you, listening audience. If you do not have a church home, okay, I'm not talking about people that already go to a church that preaches God's word and they encourage you in the word, but uh, uh, maybe you're you're listening and you haven't been to church in a while, or maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you're one of those school parents out there and you're trying to kind of get your family off to a good start, trying to get on track. Let me encourage you to visit Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. The service is open to anyone, and we have plenty of new comfortable seats in there. You can come in. We have new air conditioning, and our church auditorium is going to be great. Now, we do have brand new carpet, slight carpet smell. If that bothers you, we have a beautiful air-conditioned overflow room that you can go into until the carpet smell dissipates. But we would love to invite you to come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church, 10.30 a.m., here at the Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest Ministries Campus, located right off of Sergeant Roy T. Damian Jr. Street, off of Route 8 behind the Mobile McDonald's. You can't miss us. Turn at the Mobile McDonald's. 
come down about a mile, you'll see the Harvest Ministry sign on the left, and just turn there, go to the church building, and you'll see everyone pouring in at 10.30 a.m. Come a few minutes early and get a good seat. If you're interested in a Bible study class, we're starting all our new Adult Bible Fellowship classes at 9.30 this Sunday morning as well. All different topics and things. Come early enough. You can get some free coffee at our coffee shop. Get a little flyer. Figure out where everything's at. Get your kids to all their classes. We have programs for every child of every age. And we'd love to have you join us at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. 10.30 a.m. for the main service. 9.30 a.m. for adult Bible fellowships, kids programs, things like that. And then Sunday evening, Family Bible Hour. Kind of a smaller, more informal time of teaching. I get to speak this week. And I'm going to go through Tom Rayner's material on I Am a Church Member. I'm just sharing what he has written, sharing that with our church, just to kind of strengthen our church. So glad to have you with us on this show. Hope to see you on Sunday. My name is Jared Baldwin. This is Live Till 5, episode 227 on Friday, August 18th for the live broadcast. Listen to the rebroadcast Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., or find us on khmg.org. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News and have a great weekend.